Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 91. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads Entrepreneur on Fire generates every month consisting of passionate entrepreneurs? Chris Brogan sponsored an episode for his book, The Impact Equation, with great results. If you would like to have 15 seconds at the top of Entrepreneur on Fire to share your product or message, go to SponsorEOFire.com to find out more. And now let's give it up for our five-star reviews. Efat Cohen, Broadway Lake, Brent Gleason, Relativity67, Marcus Brooks, and Jay Perjaz. Thank you so much for supporting Entrepreneur on Fire, and I look forward to thanking everybody that does the same. Okay, let's get started. I am simply electrified to introduce my guest today, Tracy Osborne. Tracy, are you prepared to ignite? <laughs> yes, I am. Awesome. Tracy is the CEO and designer extraordinaire behind Wedding Lovely. She has over seven years experience designing and building websites with extensive experience in SEO, analytics, and multivariate testing. Her intense desire to simplify the wedding planning process led her to learn programming and launch Wedding Invite Love, the first Wedding Lovely property in January of 2010. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Tracy. Why don't you take it from here and tell us a little more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, well, like you mentioned, I was a designer um, before I decided to learn programming. And essentially, Wedding Invite Love was my side project. That was my test to see if I could learn Django and Python programming. So over the last year and a half, that side project has, has grown into, um, you know, instead of one wedding invitation designer directory, it's grown into five different directories spanning um, five different wedding verticals. And we just launched our second product, our second major product other than a directory, which is our online wedding planning application um, just about a month ago. So uh, it's been a really nice journey. I actually plan, I actually programmed wedding, uh, weddinglovely.com, the planning application myself. Um, so I'm in this like kind of fun little spot where I'm not sure whether I'm a designer or a programmer or you know, basically doing a bit of everything. And it's really, really awesome. You're a renaissance woman. That's great. <laughs> it's really, really fun. So listen, Tracy, we're going to go into our first topic here, which is the success quote, because at Entrepreneur on Fire, we really like to get the show off and running with a little motivation, and that's a success quote. So Fire Nation, we're standing by. We're looking forward to what you have for us. What do you have for us today? I mean, essentially, it's never give up. And I don't, you know, many people have had different variations of this of, you know, just keep swimming or whatnot. Um, but it's one of the most important things I think any entrepreneur should know, especially jumping into their first startup, because you understand, yeah, you kind of implicitly know there's gonna be good days and there's gonna be bad days. But I don't think anyone's prepared for the kind of roller coaster that happens and that that roller coaster, the ups and downs can be day to day. Um, and it can be quite exciting. And you got to mem- remember that whenever you're at the bottom of that roller coaster ride when you're, you know, you've hit the bottom and you're kind of like, oh God, what's going on? That you should always keep to yourself that you can never, ever give up uh, because the next day could be the high of the roller coaster. It's, you know, you have no idea what's going to happen. 
No, I love the simplicity of that quote because mm-hmm. within simplicity lies beauty and truth. And I have a lot of entrepreneurs come on the show and I do love long quotes. And some of their quotes are <laughs> literally soliloquies. They just go on and on. And then at the end, they say who it's attributed by. And then we spend the next five or 10 minutes kind of dissecting each part of that quote. And <laughs> that's a lot of fun. And I really enjoy doing that. But I also enjoy just never give up three words that might actually be the oldest success quote ever it really yeah. it really could be i love simplicity and i think it's the most you know i try to talk i'm really passionate about trying to talk to people about starting um, learning programming and launching their first startup and seeing how things go or just launching a product product um a you know side project and seeing where it goes and i mean really never give up it's it's everyone thinks they know it until they're in the trenches nope, <laughs> and I then love it, it really gets tested no, I can just truly picture like a, a little cave boy coming home after a night of hunting. He has nothing to show for it. And his dad looks at him and just goes, son, never give up. <laughs> well, Eric, you can do ga- Galaxy Quest for it. Never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> Which is my favorite movie ever. Well, there you go. We're going both spectrums. We're going way <laughs> in the past and way into the future. Yep. So listen, Tracy, we like to kind of drill it down to the ground level too. Give us a quick example of how you have recently used the success quote, never give up. Well, I'm going to say that we just, like I said, we just launched our second product, which is WeddingLovely.com. Before, we were primarily working with wedding vendors, and brides would use our directories, uh, but the wedding vendors were really our true customers. So when launching this wedding planning application, we kind of shifted, you know, half of our focus to now brides planning, brides and grooms um, planning their wedding. Um, and I gotta say that it's been a, it has been a challenge. It's been a really, really fun challenge because I didn't expect the different needs between these two customer sets. Um, so the last month has been a lot of you know talking with customers and working on features and and you know and a lot of people saying this is what I don't like, um, which can be very discouraging. But I try I've been, I've been trying to take those those this is what we don't like those those pieces of feedback and make them into all right. Here's how we're gonna fix it. And here's how I'm going to make things better. And here's how I'm going to make things better for this customer and make them happier overall. Um, so it's been a kind of, a, you know, it's, it's really great to have a new product out. Um, but it's been very frustrating just making sure that we have the right product out. Now, we, now we're work talking with customers. And so this last month has been kind of like never give up. No worries about the fresh, you know, how frustrating can be and how much bad feedback you can get. Because, you know, you just got to wait until that day that you have everything perfect and, and then, um, and it has been working now. We just launched a couple new uh, features I've been asking actually yesterday. Um, and so things are, are definitely looking a lot better. Splendid. Well, thank you for being so specific there as to how you have applied that quote to your everyday life. And we'll use that to transition to our next topic, which is failure. As an entrepreneur, we have all failed at some point in our journey. And we don't necessarily have to define it as a failure, but we've had challenges and obstacles that we've come across We've really had to just figure out if we are up to this challenge. You've obviously had a journey as an entrepreneur. Can you take us through a moment where you have failed or you have come up against an obstacle that you really truly had to persevere? Sure. Um, the first thing that came to mind is is when I first started this journey, I first said to myself that I wanted to start a startup and go into the wedding industry. And I was like, I'm a designer. I need to find a co-founder because I don't know how to code. So there was this process over, you know, a good six months where I was literally interviewing co-founders, um, talking to people that people recommended and finding co-founder and doing projects with them um, and basically narrowing down to one person. We're like, we're going to co-found a startup together. 
you know, and we immediately applied to Y Combinator, of course, and we actually got an interview, but that, that whole process was kind of wrong because him and I had not worked together really beforehand. Um, and over like the next two months or so before the interview happened, uh, realized that we were not the right people to work together because we rushed that, mo- that, that co-founding relationship too fast and jumped into it too, um, too fast. And so we got the Y Combinator, didn't get into Y Combinator. And then at that moment, we we're like, this isn't working. We split up. Um, and that's what actually led me to, to learn programming. Um, I mean, I want to talk to people, a lot of people who are trying to find co-founders and they always, you know, so many like there's meetups and there's conferences and they're always like, I have to find a co-founder and I want to go to them and be like, it's okay. It's actually a lot faster to learn programming and it's scary. It's like a whole different mindset. Um, but there's a lot of shortcuts you can take. And, you know, so basically my biggest failure was, was not listening to this, like, oh, I can do it myself, but following this path of, oh, I have to find a co-founder, which delayed my, the start of my startup by a good six months. That was very specific. I really love how you just painted that picture. I could really see you meeting this co-founder. The excitement was there. You were building together. And then the YCOM, their interview happened, and that would just kind of escalate even more. And then not everybody clicks personality-wise, and you guys realize that. The Y Combinator interview did not obviously go well. You, you did not get accepted. And then you decided to move different ways, but you yourself decided to keep your vision and move forward. And that's a great lesson. And I really appreciate the lesson that you did share with us. Can you pull out a different specific lesson that you learned from that whole experience? What prevented me from jumping into doing a startup and learning programming and whatnot is that I was like, I always told myself I didn't have the skills to do so. Um, I don't have marketing skills. I don't have sales skills. I don't have programming skills. I was a designer. Um, And it's like the biggest lesson is that you learn as you go, no matter what, that you're going to learn so much as a startup founder. And the best way to learn these things is on the fly, in the trenches, working on the startup at the moment, figuring out what you need at that moment and figuring it out. Um, and that lesson that had just, you know, it, once I learned it, it made everything so much easier because we would get a new challenge and then it would be like, okay, here's a challenge. I don't know how to fix it yet, but I'll figure it out. Um, and trying to get that mentality in has been so helpful. Okay, so we're going to move forward now into the next topic because you've had this failure with co-founding and that's just not working out originally. And you move forward, you learn from that. And then you continue to learn from other things that you were doing and having these little aha moments, which I'm sure are happening for you every day, every week, every month, that were inspiring you, they were moving you forward. They were kind of helping you when you had those setbacks because programming is very difficult and trying to do this on your own and then having potentially bringing on another co-founder. I'm sure you had these little aha moments all the time that really were inspirational to you and instrumental in propelling you forward through the tough times. Can you tell us about a specific aha moment that you had when you had moved on from your first co-founder and you were just continuing to push forward with your business? Yes, the biggest one actually has been recent. Um, so like I said, I, I launched Wedding Invite Love. I learned programming, launched it in over about a little over a year. And I got into 500 startups as well during this year. was just working on the directory side. Um, and then programming-wise, I had launched the first directory, but the rest of directories are essentially the same code. Um, the biggest aha moment uh, for me just overall was when we started working on the second product. And then, again, that's the one that I, um, as a newbie programmer, I brought a co-founder on. She's an engineer, but she was working on something different and more important for the business. And so I started working on this new 
this new uh, this new project, this planning application. So it's essentially my second programming project ever. Uh, if you ignore the, the the directory clones, and I gotta say that if you're trying to learn something new, you have to get to the second iteration of of what you're trying to learn. Because I started working on this new this new programming project, and it was like this huge aha moment. And suddenly, I realized how much I had learned um, between doing my first project, doing that first directory versus, you know, working on the second project. It was amazing. And it was so much, uh, so much fun to, to program this new project and, and realizing how far I'd come um, and, you know, how easier things were. And when errors happened, how, how much quicker I was to figure out what was going on and how I could fix it. Like, it was amazing. So that's the other thing when people are trying to program is just like, just try to get to your second project, <laughs> you know, get through that first one and get it out there and get it launched because you're going to learn so much from that. And then the second one is just going to be so much easier. That makes so much sense. And I just really see the validity of having to fail. And you're kind of encouraging what I like to call fail faster. Really get out there, throw yourself under the bus and just work, work, fail, fail, fail. And then when the time is right, you're going to take that next step forward and that next iteration could truly be successful. Failure is, is the biggest thing you can, best thing you can do. Um, and I, I, I am a huge proponent of failing fast. I mean, that was when I launched Wedding Invite Love, I literally learned programming and launched it in six weeks um, because I, I nailed it down to the MVP and it was very, very rough and very, very small, but got it out there because I wanted to see whether it failed or not. Um, and I find so many people out there who delay on launching what they want to, you know, their projects or doing something because they're afraid of failure, um, but essentially not launching. I have a friend who hasn't launched his project in four years. And I keep telling him that's essentially like, you know, it's harsh, but he's essentially been failing for four years because it's not even out there. So you can't be afraid of failure because he's going through it right now. True. I had a past guest and he said something that really resonated with me. He said, it's my job to fail every day. And I truly took that to heart. And an entrepreneur on fire, I fail every day in some way, shape or form. But because of that, I'm improving every single day in, in some way, shape, or form. So I do embrace that failure. I make sure that my virtual assistants embrace their failures because they're still learning and they're still growing. And if we're not failing as a company, as a business, then we're truly not getting out there and testing the limits and testing our boundaries like we should be. Give us an example of where you really tested the boundaries of your company, Wedding Lovely, and how that didn't backfire because that's not a good word, but how that obviously didn't <laughs> work out to the best of your abilities at that moment. Sure. I went through the 500 startups incubator and, you know, you obviously at demo day, you want to have a product, uh, a new product, a very exciting product so you can raise that money. Um, and we kind of, I went forward with this idea of doing a wedding planning over email newsletter, which is not necessarily a bad idea. Um, but we rushed it. Uh, well, we, it was still just me at this moment. Um, I kind of rushed it to get it out for demo day. And of course, at demo day, it was like hype, 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 you know, how amazing this is going to be and how wonderful it's going to be. Um, but, you know, this is what led to the second product, this full online wedding planning application, because we learned is that it, it just didn't take off. You know, people weren't really interested in wedding planning, you know, getting this, these email wedding planning over your, over email because they wanted something more interactive. They wanted something a little more customized. Um, so it was like a good few months of, of hyping this 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 newsletter product um, and going through demo day with it, and then as soon as demo day was over, kind of taking a step back and be like, okay, this is actually not working at all, and then just moving forward with what's something that would work a lot better based on what I learned. 
Take us into Demo Day right now. This is <laughs> such a intriguing and interesting facet of an entrepreneur's life that the listeners just crave for. Take us to that day. Let us hear some specific feedback that you got that you felt was extremely valuable. Oh, gosh. Demo Day was... Um uh, this is also, again, as a designer, not being, you know, the traditional designer hack, or excuse me, marketer hacker is always like the person programming and the person who's the, the hustler. Um, and I kind of was in between these two worlds. So I had to learn, you know, to how to, to hack in order to launch a company and then how to hustle and how to go up on stage and in four minutes uh, get people really excited about what I'm building. Um, I'm trying to remember the feedback from Demo Day because it was a little while ago. <laughs> uh, I mean, I won't say that. I don't remember quite what feedback was, but I say what I learned from Demo Day, um, from learn from when talking to these entrepreneurs is that A, it's not a, a cure-all. Uh, you can pitch and be really amazed and get uh, everyone get, gets really excited about your product and, um, and you talk to a lot of people and they're giving you really great feedback and they're like, okay, I'd love to work with you. Um, and then afterwards you start calling them and they're like, oh, we're interested in this other person instead. Um, it's kind of, you know, the day itself is very magical, but the day after can be quite eye-opening. Um, and in terms of feedback, you know, a lot of, actually, no, I just remember this piece of feedback, you know, and had to relate to that newsletter product that I was, I was specifically pitching. And a lot of people were like, well, how are you going to get customers? You know, it's a very obvious piece of feedback. Um, and you can't just say, oh, social media, SEO, uh, and, and, um, what's the word? Virality. You can't just say that. You have to have specifics um, and a way of like hacking the system. And I didn't have that idea. I didn't have a good response for that. Uh, and I should have, but I didn't. And it, you know, a, lot, had, a lot of it had to do with the fact that the product itself wasn't, wasn't you know, the right product um, at the moment. Um, but yeah, that's one, that's one thing I remember from that day. No, thank you for sharing that. That really brought <laughs> us down into that day. And I can just kind of picture people up on stage. There are four minutes getting peppered with questions promises are made then the next yeah. great thing comes along and they're like oh my god you're already yesterday's news it's such a quick and fast-paced world that demo days is probably even just a greater example of the fast forward button mm -hmm. yeah so tracy have you had an i've made it moment no not yet i'm still working on it i mean every day is is i love what i'm working on uh, but I love talking to people and sometimes i'll get feedback from people i'm like oh that's really awesome this is still working but there's there's in my mind, I always have this road ahead of me. I don't know if that road will ever end, <laughs> but I'm just going to keep traveling down that road and I don't think I'll ever have a, okay, I've made it moment because there's always ways to expand and grow bigger. And that's exactly what Entrepreneur on Fire is all about. It's about the journey because it's not about the destination because once you've reached that destination, I definitely always encourage people, entrepreneurs to take a step back, take a deep breath, appreciate how far you've come and that you've achieved that goal and now it's time to set that goal a little higher. Yes, definitely. So Tracy, let's move into our next topic now. This is current business. You're rocking and rolling. You have a lot of things going on. You're failing every day, which is a great thing, which means you're improving every day, which is also a great thing. What's one thing that's really exciting you about your business today? I, the best thing I, I, the thing I love most about working on a startup is problem solving. Um, it's kind of what I liked in design because the way I felt about design was that I'm just essentially problem solving with page and getting, you know, working towards a goal and getting people to click on a, click on a button, um, you know, and programming, obviously problem solving, getting something to work. 
And now we're at this aspect of business with this launch of this product where the problem solving is, uh, you know, what is our conversion rate and how can we get that conversion rate higher? What's our bounce rate? You know, why are people giving this feedback? Why are people giving this good feedback? Um, and this is like truly most exciting. It's just, we have this product out and now it's just, you know, figuring out this information, figuring out where these problems are. And every problem that we fix, this product is going to get better. Um, so I'm not necessarily doing a lot of programming, not necessarily doing a lot of marketing. It's just a lot of problem solving right now. Um, and I love it. This is, it's really, really fun. And it's the reason why back in the day, um, I haven't done A-B testing recently and I cannot wait to do it because I love A-B testing. It's just, um, it's a true example of getting this, this very, uh, you know, you get to see exactly how something works and exactly, you know, how this new solution will fix this problem. It's really, really exciting. Great. And let me give an example of how I view A-B testing, just so the listeners have a full grasp of how A, I view and use it in my business. And I'd love to hear about how you use it in your business. So with Entrepreneur on Fire, you know, I'm always A-B testing, or another word for that would be split testing, where I'm trying different themes or placements or just different copy or things along those lines to see really what is converting the best, what's resonating the best, what's really being received the best by my target audience, my listeners here at Fire Nation. How would you describe your version of A-B testing? I mean, it's essentially, you know, it's always tweaking both design uh, because you're only, you know, tweaking the UX of how people go through a product. Um, and then UX also adheres to the content. So what kind of content, what kind of uh, motivation you have for your customer to go through your product and do the steps you want them to do. So a lot of big thing right now has been a registration flow. Because we have a multi-step registration flow for the wedding planning product. People sign up with their username and password, and then we have to know, you know, some basic details about their wedding. So uh, what's their, their, their name and their, their spouse's name? Uh, when are they getting married? Um, and then we also have a free trial, so we have to, we, they have to go through a credit card screen to sign up for a free trial. Um, so it's a multi-page um, walkthrough. So right now what we're testing is specifically the copy on that page. Um, to make it exciting and make it worth it for people to sign up, uh, but also the design of the page. You know, where are the buttons? What color are the buttons? Um, you know, where are these? How are these form fields laid out so it makes it easier to go through them? Because all of these these little tests are going to make the entire registration flow a lot easier to go through, and that overall is going to affect our revenue. I love it, and I just love the fact that when I was able to book this interview with you, I really didn't know what I was going to get at first. I didn't know if I was going to get some. Jennifer Lopez converted wedding planner come, <laughs> you know, highfalutin startup, whatever now. But you are just, you really have the lingo. You really have been through the ringer. You understand programming. You understand conversions. You use words like UX, which is user experience for the listeners out there that didn't know that. So I just really am enjoying having you on the show and just really hearing about this side of the business. And, and it's just really one of those things where you just really never know who's yeah. behind what company. Especially when you look at the weddings industry. <laughs> it's, a, it's its own little industry on its own. It's quite can be quite crazy. <laughs> oh, I would say it's definitely quite crazy. <laughs> so Tracy, what is the vision you have for the future of Wedding Lovely? My overall goal, and it's rather ambitious, um, you know, I said the wedding industry can be quite crazy. It's literally the wedding industry is crazy. Um, and I'm personally not a fan of the consumerism. And I understand that's how these wedding companies make money um, is by promoting products and promoting ads and getting people to buy and then and creating these, these $20,000 to $40,000 weddings. 
Um, and I will be, I would love to have a startup that helps people have weddings that are less about the products and more about the love and the party and bringing their friends and families around them and helping them understand that they don't necessarily have to buy all the things, um, but instead work to figure out what's really important to them, not necessarily what society says should be important to them, um, and help them have that wedding that that have that wedding for themselves. Well, I truly feel like you have found a niche because I just know right now how the wedding industry stands. It can be so stressful, so overbearing, and it starts off with all the best intentions in the world for the bride-to-be and the mother who's helping her plan, and then it just turns into an absolute nightmare when it comes to how expensive things are, how much debt people are going into, and just the extravagance of the whole thing. Yeah, and it's, I mean... What we're doing a little bit different with WeddingLovely.com, the planning application, is that it's actually a pay-for product. And that's because we were giving suggestions for people to how, how we think that would help them plan their wedding. And I want those suggestions to be completely unbiased. No advertising within the product, uh, which is very different in the wedding industry. Um, so there's no advertising. The suggestions are completely from our true heart, what we think those suggestions should be. And that's the way we make revenue from a product is that people will pay for it. Um, it's different. And there has been some hesitation on the sides of brides because they, they want, you know, obviously free products. Um, so part of our challenge is just emphasizing to them that this is allowing us to give the best suggestions and the best kind of product free from the typical wedding advertising industry. Love it. Tracy. We're now going to move into my favorite part of the show. We're going to enter the lightning rounds. This is where I provide you with a series of questions and you come back at us with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? That sounds very challenging. <laughs> this will not be worse than demo days, I promise. <laughs> That's pretty challenging itself. <laughs> what was the number one thing holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Like I mentioned before, the number one thing was not understanding what I could do and how fast, if I don't know something, how fast it could, I could learn it. So specifically at that time, programming um, and building my own product, uh, it was just fear of the unknown. What is the best business advice that you ever received? Mistakes are a good thing. Mistakes will make your business uh, better. It'll, you'll learn faster. You can fix the mistakes and make customers uh enjoy your product even more than before the mistake happened. So simply, mistakes are a very good thing to make. What is something that's working for you or your business right now? Being in the California Bay Area, I know it's kind of cliche, but the, the opportunities around us, being in Five Minute Startups Incubator, uh, meetups, there's wedding things going on, there's design things going on, there's programming things going on. Um, one of the biggest things, I think, is having a community around you of people you can talk to. And being in this area has been the most helpful uh, place to be. You know your way around the internet. Do <laughs> you have an internet resource, like an Evernote, that you live by, that you love, that you would recommend to our listeners? This might be a little weird, but I will say Twitter. Uh, when I was learning programming, I followed a bunch of people who are Django and Python programmers. And it's amazing how much people will help you, even if they don't know you. If you just give them short, sweet, little, tiny questions, which Twitter kind of forces to go to do, I love Twitter. the The Twitter community of people programming for entrepreneurs, and whatnot, has been immensely helpful, um, especially creating contacts with people I don't know, and you know, and finding people out there who are willing to help me when I'm in uh, when I have trouble. What's the best business book that you've read in the last six months? 
I'm actually just rereading it again, but Founders at Work by Jessica Livingston. I love this book. Um, it's just great to hear stories from other people and realizing that, you know, sometimes there's a lot of ups and downs from these great entrepreneurs and reading about that, it makes things a lot more uh, easier to grasp. Well, great, because I'm trying to provide the audio version of that at Entrepreneur on Fire. Awesome. <laughs> Tracy, this last question is my favorite. It's kind of a tricky one, so definitely take your time and digest it before you answer. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still had all of the experience, knowledge, and money that you currently have today, but your business had completely disappeared and you were forced to start with a clean slate and something at least a little different, this is a situation that many of our listeners find themselves in today. What would you do? Honestly, I would put down the computer and go on a backpacking trip and get away from the electronics and the Bay Area and, and the people and programmers and whatnot. And just be out in the wilderness alone. And, and this is already my plan for if something uh, wedding lovely disappears one day. Um, and then spend that time thinking about what's really important to me and what I want to achieve in life, and perhaps start making that plan. But really important to me to, if everything disappeared and I had to figure out what's, what next to do, is to get myself away from my current environment and get away from computers and whatnot, and then just take the time to think about that. I love it. That was so specific, and you painted a great picture there. And I was kind of picturing you at the top of Machu Picchu. Is that far off? <laughs> I would love to go there. I haven't <laughs> been, though. So not yet. So Tracy, you've given us some great actionable advice and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one last parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, oh, parting piece of guidance. Um, I know I've repeated it a lot, but it's really important to me. Just never give up and make mistakes and just keep moving forward. Uh, just get projects out there as fast as, I'm gonna give a lot of, a lot of advice get your MVPs out there as fast as possible and, and start working with customers. Um, and then plug myself. I'm Tracy with Wedding Lovely. I want to make weddings easier and um, make wedding planning uh, more fun, more streamlined. So we have this wedding planning product on weddinglovely.com and I would love it if people would come on and try it out and help plan their weddings with us. Awesome, Tracy. Well, we will link all of this up in the show notes. Fire Nation, we thank you. We salute you for joining us and we'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great day. Fire Nation, you asked for it and I created it. My first free ebook, 10 Incredible Insights from 10 Incredible Entrepreneurs, is published. All four pages of it. Simply go to eofire.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You will get immediate access to the top business insights from the likes of Barbara Corcoran, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, and seven other incredible guests. Prepare to ignite. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.